saints. I really do want to encourage you guys to be sensitive to what God does in a meeting. Take notes, listen to what God is saying. Because he speaks. He's speaking already today. And I just want to encourage you to tune in in the spirit to what God is saying. Lord, I thank you that you speak to us, that it's your desire for us to know you, to know the things you want to say to us, the things you want us to understand about you, about ourselves, about the different things we face in life, the challenges, Lord. You're involved in every aspect of our lives, Lord, more than we will ever understand, really. But you're always there. You're always there in the midst of it all, Lord. You're always there calling. You're always there trying to get our attention. You're always there with your hand outstretched to us. You're always there, Lord, working, wooing, causing us at times to turn our hearts to you, Lord, whether it's through discipline, whether it's through circumstances, whether it's through a gentle voice or a stern rebuke, you're there calling us. God, let us have ears to hear your voice this morning. Speak to us in that small, still voice, Lord. Um, We're not looking for earthquakes or rocks to crumble, Lord, uh, lightning bolts. We need to hear your voice in this hour. We need to hear what you're saying to us, Lord. So God, open our hearts to hear you. Speak, Lord, through your vessel, Lord. I yield myself to you, Lord. I trust you to convey to all of our hearts the things you want to say to us this morning. So Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way in every heart. Hear and in every heart that is listening, because you alone know and understand what we need. Speak into the need of every heart that is listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm going to read out of Proverbs chapter 3. This is actually two verses that God gave me When I had first got saved, I had very little understanding of God, who he was, um, his will for my life. I mean, the list could go on and on and on. Um, All I knew was I needed him. And he gave me these verses. And, you know, I was astonished. I guess I shouldn't be, but uh, at how much I still need to learn the truth that he spoke to me so many years ago now in these verses. And he wants to speak it to you today. He wants you to know that you can trust him. That's his word to you today. Trust me. God really wants you to know you can trust him. 
He will do whatever concerns your heart. He will calm the storms of your life. He knows how to bring you where he needs to bring you. He knows how to guide you. He knows all the concerns you have for others. He sees it. He knows it all. And he's faithful and he's trustworthy. So as we read these two scriptures, I'm sorry, these three verses, um, let them speak to you. Let God speak to you the truth that he's saying here. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Two verses. <laughs> There's a lot in those verses. And I'm just going to share a little bit what I believe the Lord made real to me. But I want to say just something as introduction of how I know God's been speaking to me, calling me, calling this body what he promised us a few months ago. Um, God is calling. God is separating a people that are really going to trust him in this hour, that really believe him, that are really looking to him for what seems impossible. People who have a sense that God is near He's not off somewhere, busy, unaware of what's going on in your personal life, in the people that maybe you're concerned with, in circumstances, and definitely what we see going on in the world. God is very aware, and he's very near. And he's involved in your daily life. He's looking for people that know how to walk with him on a daily basis. People who are led, people who are used by him in this hour. He's looking for people that he can infuse and empower with grace and the Holy Spirit. People who trust him. People who don't trust or lean on their own understanding or the ways of man. But acknowledge him. In everything. He's looking throughout the earth to find people like that. If you look at the believers in the book of Acts, you will see something. It attracts me. It attracts me. Because you see people who really in a down-to-earth way related to the Holy Spirit in such a practical daily way where they were led by the Holy Spirit. He was involved in everything, even the daily things that we take for granted, that we don't even look to God for or trust God. He was involved in everything. And even when maybe they had right intentions and were going off to do something, they were sensitive enough to where the Holy Spirit could stop them and send them somewhere else or use them this way or that way. 
That's attractive to me. Because when God can lead someone like that, he's glorified. And we're effective witnesses for him. And most, I know for myself, I'm not wasting time. I'm not doing something I'm not supposed to be doing because he's leading me. He's guiding me. He's infused. I'm acknowledging him in everything I do. And so he's with me. And he helps me. And he gives me what I need in every situation. That's attractive to me. And you look at how they lived and how they prayed and how they fellowship. And they anticipated, they expected God to move and to lead and to guide and to have his way and to do the things that God promised he would do through them. Mainly rescuing souls. So God is separating to himself a core group of people that can have that kind of relationship with the Holy Spirit that they had in the book of Acts. It's not just a call to be set apart. We're called to be set apart. We're called out of this world. And people, those of us that are hearing what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, we are being called, right? You feel it more and more out of the world. More and more. He's pulling you. He's, he's wooing you. Come out of her, my people. Come out of her. And he's been dealing with you because he's separating you. But he also wants to work through you. He wants to be involved in everything about your life because he wants to use you in this hour. So it's not just to be set apart. It's to come near to him. It's to walk in nearness with him. It's to be led by him. Learn to be led by him. David Wilkerson said this, I knew the blessing was not in a building, not in some well-planned scheme to reach the lost, not in bigness, not in activity. I discovered the hard way that the glory of God, the peace, the joy of the Spirit was, was in being stripped down, emptied, made totally weak because God had to expose what I vowed or what I trusted in. That's David Wilkerson saying that. And he's constantly doing that with me. Why? So we'll look to him and we'll trust him to do what only he can do. We have to learn that. Because our tendency is to look to the world, to look to ourselves, to trust, trust in methods and ways to bring about something that only God can do. Too many times we trust in things rather than God. We're led to do things that he hasn't led us to do. So God is inviting us to trust him. That, that's what he wants to say to you today. Trust me. Trust me. And I want to make this very personal. Oh, God wants to make this very personal to you today. I wish we could have Joe's testimony on the tape. I don't know if we recorded that. God is speaking. He shared. We were in a valley. I felt like there was no light at the end of the tunnel in some ways he was saying, basically. But God was there. 
And his testimony now is, I can trust him. He led us. I didn't understand it at the time, but through prayer and through others, God led us. And he was there, and he was bringing about his purpose. And God teaches us all through those times to trust him. That was God through him saying, trust me. And they were in a dark valley, but they're still here. And they're in a green valley (laughs) many times now, right? So I want to make this personal to you. I read those verses, right? Who wrote those verses? King Solomon, right? No, he didn't. God just moved through him to write what he wrote. See what we do? No, Solomon, yeah, he wrote it maybe, but God said it. You have to settle that in your heart when you are reading the word of God. You have to settle that in your heart. Otherwise, it just comes the thoughts, the imaginations, the opinions of people. That is not what the Word of God is. 2 Timothy 3, 16 tells us, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. That means breathed. It's breathed by God. And it's profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness that the man of God may be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. So we have to settle this in our hearts. God's word, even though penned by many different hands, has only one breath. And it's the breath of God. Don't ever forget that. The Bible was and is inspired. And we should receive it as the perfect trustworthy truth of God. Settle that in your heart. Get away from that and you will be led astray. Doubt that and you will have a hard time trusting the author because he's the author. So, you know, when I read other people's books, I take it like a grain of salt, this truth in there, this some things that maybe God inspired them here and there or whatever, but no book comes close to this. And this should always be where we go. No book, no video online, whatever you, wherever we go to maybe try and hear God, this is the most trustworthy place you should be going. Because there's no errors in here. There's no opinions, no no angels' thoughts, there's no man's thoughts in here. These are all of God's thoughts. Get that in you. Don't ever forget that. I, I think about uh, those in China that we heard a little bit about today, and I've seen stories where many times they don't even have the Word of God, and they get a page maybe smuggled into the prison and they cherish it they memorize it they pass it around why why do they do that because it's god speaking to them they're looking for a word from god they they're cherishing it like morsels of gold and and something that's more precious than anything they could imagine in the world god speaking to me his word his thoughts to me His comforts, whatever it is. 
And then I think about all the seminars we have, all the books we have, all the conferences we have, all the learning we have in America, and how shallow we are compared to them. We need to cherish God's word. I think she shared, um, we don't understand what it's like not to have the freedom to do what we do. We need to cherish it while we can. So, even though the writer Solomon is telling us in these verses, trust the Lord with all your heart. We've got to understand it's God personally saying, trust me. Trust me. Because God is looking for people that trust him. People that have faith in him. People that want to be led by him. He wants to guide you through your trials and temptations. He wants to lead you in prayer. He wants to lead you to share the love of Christ with other people. He wants you to be led by still waters when the storms are raging in your life. He wants you to be led in the body of Christ to operate in the gifts that he wills you to operate in so that others can be edified and built up in the body. He wants you to be led and used that way. He wants you to be led by him in every aspect of your life. That's what it means to be consecrated to him. That's what a surrendered life looks like. That's what it means to be bought with a price that I'm no longer my own. That his spirit dwells in me and I'm his servant and I'm at his bidding. I'm at his beck and call and I trust him even though I might not understand the things he asks and tells me to do. I trust him. Because he's faithful. He's trustworthy. That's what a disciple does. He learns his, from his master and he follows him. He does what he does. He wants us to be under his control. That's what it means to be full of the Holy Spirit. It means to be under the control of the Holy Spirit. God wants to get you under control of his Holy Spirit. So, how does this happen? Well, Proverbs 3, 5, God is telling you to trust me. Trust in the Lord. Trust in me. Think about animals. God created them with instinct. They just know to do things. It's instinct. He created them that way. Well, he created us too with instinct, but, but he created us above the animals. He gave us consciousness. He gave us the ability to reason, to think. And most dangerously, he gave us to the, the ability to either reject or accept his instruction to us. It's dangerous, but if he didn't, we would just be robots. Robots. 
just doing what he programs us to do. No, he gave us a free will. He gave us the ability to choose, to think, to follow him, to love him, to do the things he speaks to us. That's trusting. We have a choice to trust that he says he is who he says he is in his word to us. Just think about the names and the attributes of God. I just finished Tozer's book on the attributes of God. Just that alone. We have a choice. I believe that about God or I don't. We have a choice to trust in his word and his promises, which are, there's about seven to 8,000 promises in the word of God. You and I have a choice. We either believe them or we don't. Seven or 8,000 promises. A lot of them are already fulfilled. We have a choice to trust that he regards us. He knows us. He sees what's going on in our lives. He's not absent. He's there. He cares. He knows our frame like it talks about in Psalm 139. We have to, a choice to trust that he's for us. He's not against you. The cross is utter proof of that. That even when we were his enemies, he died for us. He's for us. He doesn't desire that any would perish. He's for us. And how much more so those that are his. He's for you. He's always for you. He's always for your best. He's a good father, as we sang earlier. He gives good things to his children. We have a choice to trust that he knows better what we need, not what we think we need. We have a choice that he's to believe that he's already given me everything I need. That pertains to life and godliness. I don't have to go around like a beggar or an orphan. I'm his child. I have a choice to believe that or not. Trust him. You have to trust and believe that if you concern yourself with the things of his kingdom, he will grant you the desires of your heart. Right? Psalm 37, 4 says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Make God your priority. Make his kingdom your priority. And you can choose to believe that he will supply all your needs, all, all of them according to his riches and glory. Trust him. Why? Because God is the source of all good. He's made us, as we heard earlier, his intelligent creatures, but yet dependent on him. Something we forget. I think our brother said, yeah, in that time... All I could say was, I need you. 
But that doesn't change when we're on the mountaintop. But we forget. We were created to need him, to be dependent on him. He knows that. We don't get that very well. Trust him or to trust him requires us to be conscious of that dependence all the time. All the time. To trust him, we have to believe that he has promised to communicate what we need, mostly himself. How many times I've woken up in the middle of the night, how many times my heart's crying out, God, I need you, I need you. And I, and I get over his word and I trust he's going to speak to me. Even if it takes three or four hours, he's going to speak to me. Even if it's, not, if it's not till the morning and then a word comes. Just at the right moment, just what I needed to hear. I can trust that God will always give me his word in whatever season or need I might find myself if I choose to trust him to do that. I have to do that every Sunday morning. I had to trust the Lord that this is what he wanted me to share with you today. <laughs> and I have to tell, tell myself over and over, Lord, I trust you. I trust you. You're gonna, this is what you want to say to this body. And he confirms it. And then he's so nice to me to let Joe stand up and say, okay, it's me. See, that's how God works. If you trust him, he's faithful. Even someone like me where I need it in so many different ways from God. Okay, son, you trust me? You got it? Yes, Lord, thank you. He's faithful. He's so faithful. And he really desires us to trust him without doubt, without fear, with anxiety, because what he says in the next phrase is, don't just trust me, but do it with all your heart. <laughs> do it with all your heart, with everything that's in you. Trust me. He's looking for a wholehearted faith. Not a little, not half my heart. And the other half's just full of doubt and fear. No, he wants us to fully trust him with all of our hearts. Trust in God with all your heart, right? It's useless to have certain faint opinions. Yeah, I kind of believe God's good. Yeah, I kind of believe he's faithful. No, I know he's good. I know he's faithful. I believe it with every fiber and in my being because he's proven it to me over and over, but not even just that. He told me so. He's spoken it in his word, and I'm choosing to believe that despite my feelings and my circumstances. Because God is true. He's not a liar. He's not like anybody else, any person, any man. He's not like my mother or father, whoever. He's God, and he's truth. He's love. And what he says is right, and there's no error in it. There's no shadow or turning with him. He's faithful. He does what he says. He is what he says. I am that I am, he said to Moses. And he who has faith in God knows what? That he is, and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. 
wholehearted faith, trusting in God with the whole heart. That requires an undivided heart. It's, there's a picture in James where we're told to ask for wisdom. Lord, I need wisdom. But it says, don't doubt. Don't be double-minded. If you're that way, you'll be unstable in all your ways. It's like having two souls. One looking to the world, one trusting in this, and the other trying to trust in God and looking to him. You can't be divided. I can't be divided. I think it was the psalmist said, Lord, unite my heart to fear you. The prophet, right, told the people, decide. Is God God or not? If he is, serve him, believe him, trust him. Put away your eyes. Quit trusting in the idols. And he put on quite the show for them to prove who was really God. If we want to trust him with all our hearts, it really requires surrender. Surrender to his divine authority in our lives. It's really that we're, again, we're no longer our own. And it should be willingly, it should be out of gratitude and love for what he has done for us. When I'm doubt, when I'm questioning, when I am anxious, fearful, whatever, all I have to do is look to the cross, consider Jesus and what he did for me. And the cross to me screams, cries out, you can trust me. Because the lengths, the depths, the height of the love of Christ is so manifested in the work of the cross. It it just shuts out, it suppresses anything in me that would say, you're not good. I can't trust you. You don't understand. Oh, he understands. And he sympathizes with our weaknesses. And he's there, and there's a throne of grace we can go to any time to get what we need in our time of need. And we can trust him that he has what we need. So if we trust him, we're going to be obedient. Jesus said, if you love me, you will do what I say, even when you don't understand. I gave the example maybe last week, I don't remember, when my friend Eddie committed suicide. The Lord said, I want you to dance and worship me in front of the church. I don't understand, Lord. Just trust me. Just trust me. And I was obedient. And God imparted into me something through that that sustained me. Because I chose to believe him. And from what he speaks to me in his word, I should praise him when things are going bad and when things are going good. Job teaches us that, doesn't he? But we're like, or our own mind sometimes, or sometimes other people are like Job's wife, just curse God and die. 
He's not worthy of praise. Look at all he's done. Look what he allowed to happen. What kind of God would do that? No, he's worthy of praise no matter what. Because he's good. So we have to couple obedience with faith. That no matter what is going on, this is how you trust him. We trust in God's divine providence and promises. In other words, I don't have to understand everything, but God is over all things. He's a sovereign God. His thoughts are not my thoughts. His ways are not my ways. I don't have to understand, but I can trust in his providence that he's working all things out according to his will, according to his plan, as long as I trust him and love him in the midst of it. Again, it means if my prayers don't work out the way I think they should, I'll still trust in his character. I'll still trust in his providence. I'll still trust in his sovereignty that he's still over all things. I had to do that with my friend Eddie. Doesn't change who you are, God. It doesn't change your faithfulness. It doesn't change anything about your promises. And then, really, to do all that, you got to do what it says now in the next part here. You got to not lean on your own understanding. To trust God, you you can't lean on your own understanding. Because the natural man can't make sense of a lot of the things God tells us to trust him about. We, we, we can't understand. We can't know the things God knows. We can't see the things God sees. Only the Spirit can reveal that to us. Only the Spirit can open up our understanding to know the things God wants us to know. Only God can make that real. Why? His ways aren't our ways. His thoughts aren't our thoughts. Don't trust in your own thinking, your own perspectives. The man who leans on his own understanding, the picture is you're, you're leaning on a, 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 a bruised reed or something that can easily break. You're putting all your weight on something that's not going to hold you. But if you choose to lean on God, you're on solid footing. You're on a solid foundation. You're not going to fall. The Bible says the man who trusts in his own heart anyway is a fool. And then, verse 6, acknowledge him in all your ways. This basically is just a continual acknowledgement of him in all the different aspects of your life. It's kind of what our brother shared earlier. It's acknowledging him or understanding I need him in the midst, in the middle giving me what I need, instructing me, whatever it is. I need him in the darkest moments. I need him in the brightest moments. I need him in the valleys. I need him in the mountaintops. I'm acknowledging him. I'm bringing him into every aspect of my life. I'm expressing him or to him that I need him. So, even though God gives us the ability to think and reason, to make choices, to do this, to do that, we're always consulting him. So uh, he gave us minds. We should use them. 
But we need to acknowledge him. We need to bring him into that all the time. And I'll just tell you, I, I know I've done it myself. I've done many things. I've made a lot of decisions. I've done things without bringing him into it. No. Bring him into it. Expect when you consult him through prayer, getting over his word. Expect guidance in all matters pertaining to your life. I don't care what it is. Expect him to speak to you. Expect him to guide you. Acknowledge him. He doesn't want you passive. Like I said, he's given us minds. And I use the uh, example of Paul where if anyone was zealous for God and, and wanted to do uh, what God had called them to do, which was share the gospel, God in his mind, in his thoughts, you know, we got a plan, we do things, I'm going to go to this city. But we read that God said, I don't want you to go to that city. I have somewhere else I want you to go. So he, even though he had his own thoughts and his own reasonings, and he was deciding things, he made sure he was acknowledging God. He made sure through prayer, through fasting a lot of times, through counsel of others, he was sensitive to the Holy Spirit. He was honoring God. He was acknowledging God. And God was able to lead him and guide him. Really acknowledging God is saying, I need thee every hour. I need thee every hour. I need thee every minute. There's a beautiful hymn that came to me as I was looking at this. And it's called, I Need Thee Every Hour. We, we sang a song. What, what was that called? Lord, I Need You. Um, this is kind of similar. I have a feeling the people that back then that wrote this maybe understood it a little more. But um, just listen to these words. This is acknowledging God in all your ways. Lord, I need thee every hour, most gracious Lord, because no tender voice like thine can peace afford. I need thee every hour. Stay nearby, because temptations lose their power when thou art nigh. I need thee every hour, not just in joy, but in pain. Come quickly and abide, or life is vain. I need thee every hour. Lord, teach me thy will. And thy richest promises in me fulfill. I need thee every hour, most holy one. Oh, make me thine indeed. Thou blessed son. I need thee, oh, I need thee every hour, hour, I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to thee. That's not a faithless cry. It's acknowledging God in all my ways in faith. It's simply agreeing with the reality of our need for him. So it's not, oh, God, I need thee, I hope You'll be my guide. Oh, God, I need thee. I hope you'll supply what I need. Oh, God, I, I hope. No, no, it's 
God, I need thee. And I thank you, Lord, that you told me I can come to you. I thank you, Lord, that you have a throne of grace. And I thank you, Lord, that you promised me when I acknowledge my need, when I look to you, when I acknowledge you, Lord, you will give me what I need. Thank you, God. It's agreeing with him. And if we do that, he will direct your paths. He will direct your paths. If we humbly commit ourselves to trust him with all of our hearts, if we choose to not lean on our own understanding, if we choose to acknowledge him in all our ways, we're not going to be left wondering, what should I do? Where should I go? How should I respond in this situation? He's not going to leave you wondering or guessing. He shall direct your paths. It's a sure thing. If you do all those things, trust him with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all of your ways. He will direct your paths. Mostly through his word. Praise God for his word. And I just want to say this. Everything should be filtered through the word, even though he'll speak to us in many different ways. Make sure it lines up with the word. Everything should be filtered through the word of God. Everything should be confirmed and line up with the word of God. Second Timothy 3, um, Paul instructing Timothy said, You must continue in the things which you have learned, which you have been assured of, knowing whom you learned them from, that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And I read you these verses earlier because all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness that the man of God may be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light to my paths. He shall direct your paths. We can trust in his word if we know, again, who the author is. God will direct your paths through your own conscience. God speaks to you in your conscience. Now, we got to remember our conscience is fallen. So we got to be careful, again, about trusting. And we need to pray that the Holy Spirit would purify, would cleanse would help us to hear the voice of God in our conscience. God speaks to us in our conscience. He'll give you direction. He does it many times with me, but again, make sure it lines up with the word of God. But sometimes, you know, it's just conviction. You're doing something wrong. He'll speak to you in your conscience. Or he's prompting you to say something to someone. He's going to speak to you in your soul. 
He's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. He's looking for people like that, that know how to be led, that know how to hear his voice and be led by the Holy Spirit. He'll guide you sometimes through events and circumstances. We got to be careful with that one because sometimes the enemy's involved. You know, God is calling us in a certain direction or whatever, and the enemy's trying to stop it. Um, that's where we just need discernment and a lot of prayer and fasting. And sometimes uh, there's wisdom in the multitude of counselors. But, you know, I've heard stories. Uh, I remember one of a missionary family that was going overseas and they got sick and, and they, they couldn't get on the boat. And the boat sank. So God <laughs> spoke to them, stopped them through circumstances. God will give you direction through inspired teaching from his word and others. That's uh, what this is. That's what the gifts of the Spirit are for. God uses people to speak to you. A word of knowledge. Maybe a word in tongues with an interpretation. A word of wisdom. He wants to use you in that way. He wants you to trust him to use you in that way. And God will guide you through prayer. And this one really, uh, to me, is very, almost not the most important because you have to be in a relational position with God to even know how to hear him. If you're not in a relationship with him, you're not going to know how to hear him. And being in a relationship with God means being a person, a man or woman of prayer, being someone who seeks God, being someone who takes time to be still and know he's God, be, taking time to sit at the feet of him, taking time to meditate, as the psalm says, day and night over his word, his spoken word to me, so it can renew my mind, so that it can take root in my soul, so that he can bring it forth by the power of the Holy Spirit, when I need it. And that has to be something we do every day, all the time. How will we learn to trust him if we don't take the time to be still and know that he's God? He was speaking this to me last week. Um, it's almost as if his heart breaks over us. He's jealous for you. God is jealous for you. He wants you. He, he desires you. It breaks his heart when we look to other things, when we trust other things, when we... He wants to spend time with us and we're too busy for him. He's jealous for you. Sometimes we leave Jesus standing at the door of our hearts when he's knocking and he wants to come in. We put him off. 
Not now, Jesus, I'm busy. And he's there, he's waiting, he's yearning, he's brooding over you. He wants you. He wants you to know him. He wants you to know you can trust him. You're not going to know that if you don't spend time with him. God's wanting you to trust him. Trust me with your life. Trust me with the people you're praying for. Trust me if you're in a trial right now. Trust me if you have a circumstance right now that's out of your hands, out of your control. Trust me with your expectations. Trust me with your hopes, your plans. Trust me with whatever is concerning you today. Stop leaning on your own understanding. Put me in the center of whatever it is that you're struggling with or doubting or having a hard time believing God for. Put me in the middle of it. Acknowledge me in it. I'll be with you. I'll guide you into my will, my ways, my plans, my purposes for you, and those that I send you to. And I'm just going to finish here with a couple of verses. Jeremiah 17, verse 7 says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. For he will be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes. And I think I can say this prophetically to you. We are going to know or have to know what it's like to have our tree planted by the waters when everything else dries up. Because it's gonna. But yet, God promises will not fear when he comes, but its leaf will be green. It will not be anxious in the year of drought. You want to feed unbelief? You want to cause yourself to doubt and not trust God? Just immerse yourself in the news (laughs) and neglect time in God's word and considering him and looking to him and understanding he's on the throne and understanding what he has said about what's going on and the conclusion of the matter. <laughs> Psalm fifty-five twenty-two. Oh, let me finish that verse. This is good stuff. Uh, will not fear when he comes, but its leaf will be green. Will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. If you're abiding in him, which means you trust him and you're obedient. What's the promise in John 15? You'll bear much fruit. You won't cease from yielding fruit, which people are going to need. They're going to need real fruit. Psalm 55, 22, cast your burden upon the Lord. He will sustain you. He will never suffer the righteous to be moved. Trust him. You won't shake with everything else. You'll be on solid foundation if you trust him. Proverbs 16, 3. Commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. 
Trust him. Commit whatever it is to him. And he will settle your thoughts. Philippians 4, 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I can connect that to when you do that, you're acknowledging him in all your ways. Everything. Everything in prayer and supplication. Let them be known to God and the peace of God. You won't understand it. I shouldn't have peace right now. I should be anxious. I should be fearful. I shouldn't have rest right now. But God spoke to me. I can trust him. He's working all things out. The good, the bad, and the ugly. As I love him and trust him, and it's all for his purpose and plan in my life and for others. And I trust him. I trust him. First Peter 5, 7, cast all your cares upon him. He cares for you. And then Psalm 37, 5, commit your way unto the Lord. Trust also in him. And he will bring it to pass. As I was praying and seeking the Lord over this message, what came to me was, I think all of us have things. Whether it's a loved one, you're believing for salvation, um, a situation, whether it's you need God's direction in something or whether it's your own personal struggle that you're dealing with and you're having a hard time trusting God for victory. Whatever it is, I mean, there's there's so many things this can encompass. Um, But what I want to do this morning is give us an opportunity to put our trust in God for whatever that is, and it's an act of faith that you do that. You're choosing to believe God rather than whatever you've been hoping in, trusting in. Oh, if we just do that. You know, a lot of times I feel like sometimes people want me to save someone. <laughs> like, well, if pastor just tossed to them, I'm not the answer. Trust in the Lord. He's the only one that can save people. He's the only one that can work your circumstance out. He's the only one that has what you need. But his word to you today is trust me with all your heart. Stop looking at things in your own perspective, with your own understanding. Stop thinking your own thoughts. And just today, just acknowledge me. Get me in my rightful place, in the middle of whatever it is. So I'm going to ask Brian to come up, and he's going to do that last song we did. And I want you to make this personal this morning. 
And by faith, again, it's an act of your will. Whatever it is, Lord, I'm choosing to trust you. And then you got to believe that he's going to lead you. He's going to help you whether it's how to pray. I'll direct your paths. I'll, I'll help you to pray. I'll teach you how to pray. I'll give you a word. I'll give you direction. Whatever it is. God is here for you today, but you have to choose. You have to, by an act of your will, repent like, Lord, I haven't trusted you. Lord, I've been trying to do this or I've been just operating in my own thinking and going here and making decisions. Lord, I repent. I need you, Lord. I need you every hour. I need you in this situation. I need you for this. I need you for that. Lord, I'm choosing today to stop to be still, to remind myself who you are, what you have promised me, Lord. I'm laying this thing down and I'm choosing to trust you and I'm going to expect you because of who you are to lead me and guide me. So Lord, I thank you. You are encouraging us to trust you. And Lord, sometimes... I'm ashamed at how little I can trust you or I just forget you. I don't think I need you for certain things. But Lord, we all carry something. And for many here today or even online, it's something big. It's maybe a family member's soul. Or it's decisions we need to make for our family or work or this or that, or it's a struggle we have, whatever it is, Lord, it's just always there. It's looming. And you're calling us to trust you. And I believe and I trust, Lord, that as we bring it to you today, you're going to give us what we need. As we acknowledge that need, as we come to you, Lord, and put it into your capable hands, Lord, we're going to trust you to have your way. So anyone here, God is speaking to you about something. And the sense you get is he's wanting you to trust him. He's saying, trust me. Um, You don't have to come to the altar, but if you feel like you need to, come to the altar. That's fine. That's what the song says, but (laughs) it doesn't mean you have to do that. God will meet you right where you're at. And lastly, if there's anyone here, You haven't trusted in the Lord for salvation or someone online. That's scary to you. (laughs) You don't fully understand what that means. Well, Jesus died for you, God's only son. And God expressed his heart to you. And what he did when he came and he died for your sins and for my sins. God chose to send his only son into the world that whoever believes in him shall not perish. And we have to choose to believe that we need what he did. We have to let God convince us that we are sinners, that we're wrong, that in many ways we've rebelled against him. 
We haven't made him Lord of our life. We've done our own thing. We've lived our own life. We've just been a rebel against God. But God is saying, trust me. I died for you. I gave my life for you. I love you. Even when you were rebelling or are rebelling against me, I died for you. And I'm calling you today to put your trust in my sacrifice for you so that your sins can be cleansed and washed away so that the burden and the penalty of sin can be removed from over your head so that the wrath of God can be removed and so that I can come and make my abode, make my home, put my spirit in you so that you'll have life, eternal life, because that's why he died for you so that you might have eternal life, so that you won't die in your sins. But you have to trust in him, which means you believe, you surrender, and you follow him. So if there's anyone here, that invitation is here for you this morning. God is calling you to trust him, to put your faith in what he did for you. Anyone online, God is calling you to trust in what Jesus did. So, Lord, we thank you this morning. And I pray, Lord, as we sing this song, we would simply come to you. Whether it's for salvation, but I know most here, Lord, it's just a situation. It's a person. It's something. You're encouraging us to trust you for, Lord. And we're going to believe you to do what only you can do, Lord. We're going to believe you for guidance and for an answer. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name.